Hello everyone and happy Labor Day to all my fellow Americans out there. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday weekend and enjoyed having the day off today. Today is September 7th and you're listening to Way to Live, the holistic well-being podcast by yours truly, Chelsea Connolly. As always, I'm recording this podcast in my home office studio in sunny Austin, Texas. Every week, I share tips, tricks, and insight into the interconnected nature of health and wellness and how it affects us, our environments, and the planet in every way. This month will be a unique approach to the podcast. Typically, I release an episode every week about different topics of well-being. But for the entire month of September, I'll be hosting a special edition of podcast episodes focused specifically on workplace wellness. I partnered up with my business consultancy, Good Business Design, to share how work plays a key role in our health and affects our well-being. I wanted to do this podcast series because work has been such a big topic these past few months, and professionally speaking, everything and anything about work is my career and passion. So, I combined my two loves of workplace and wellness to create this month's special edition of podcasts, The Workplace Series, A Brave New Workforce, by Way to Live and Good Business Design. Last week, I kicked off the series by talking about what constitutes a workplace, what it looks like in different industries, how COVID and the economy have affected society and all the various industries, what occupational health is, and how COVID and the economy may be impacting yours. If you tuned in last week, thank you so much for listening. To all my loyal listeners, thank you for your continued support. It really means a lot. Love you guys. And if you're new to the show, welcome. I'm so happy to have you. Please feel free to continue listening, but I highly encourage you to go back to the last episode, which is part one of the Workplace series. And be on the lookout for the next three episodes airing every Monday, or Tuesday, like today, this month. If you're interested in this podcast series focused on the workplace, you might also like Good Business Design's Workplace Quarterly, which is my business's quarterly magazine publication, sharing insight into all things work, design, human, and business. Subscribe to our magazine to learn how business performance and the workplace are being impacted by current events, trends, disruptive processes, human behavior, and culture. You can find leading industry expert interviews, articles, research, data, graphics, and photographs related to the workplace. The magazine is for business leaders, designers, researchers, strategists, creatives, and really anyone who is eager to learn and enhance their understanding of today's landscape at work. You can subscribe to the magazine by visiting www www.goodbusinessdesign.com forward slash subscribe.
Okay, here we go. This is part two of the workplace series, A Brave New Workforce, in association with Good Business Design. The goal of this series is to show you how the different ecosystems of work, like the organization you work for, the work you do, coworkers, teams, leadership, culture, the office, home environments, or third places, and technology affect our health every day. Today, I'll be focusing on work-life balance. It seemed like the perfect topic during Labor Day. Uh, Labor Day celebrates and recognizes the American labor movement and is dedicated to the social and economic achievements of American workers. So before I kick off this episode, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's working so hard at their jobs and stimulating our economy, especially during COVID-19. Your work should never go unnoticed. And congratulations to all the workers and busy bees out there getting shit done and rising up in their careers. Today is for all of you, and I hope you're taking a much-needed break from work relaxing, being out in nature, celebrating with family and friends, and really doing whatever it is that you want to do. Most importantly, I hope you're giving back to your health and well-being. It's crucial for us to mentally, socially, emotionally, and physically disengage from our work throughout the week and in a big way every now and then. Oftentimes, work takes precedence over most things in our lives, especially our own well-being, but it shouldn't. Work-life balance is just that, an equal balance between work and life. A good work-life balance generally lowers your stress and risk of burnout, can improve your relationship with loved ones, enhances your health and well-being, and gives you enough time to focus on your personal life, hobbies, and goals. If you have good work-life balance, you can also increase your performance at work since you aren't experiencing burnout. So, I want you to pause and think about your work-life balance. Let me share some statistics with you. Last year, the World Health Organization recognized occupational burnout as a legitimate health syndrome. Isn't that crazy? Occupational health is a very serious thing. When it comes to the American workforce, we're burnt out. A recent survey involving over a thousand working Americans shared results that 58% of respondents reported feeling regular burnout at their jobs. And 35% of that reported that the burnout is associated and due to COVID-19. Feeling burnt out is exhausting. Clearly, work is stressful and it's impacting more than just our time. Chronic stress is one of the most common health issues in the workplace. It can lead to physical consequences such as hypertension, digestive problems, chronic aches and pains, 
and heart problems. Chronic stress can also negatively impact mental health because it's linked to a higher risk of depression, anxiety, and insomnia. So people are experiencing health issues because of an imbalance of work and life. A study conducted of more than 10,000 participants stated that white-collar workers who worked three or more hours longer than required had a 60% higher risk of heart-related issues than those who didn't work overtime. Let that settle in. Kind of scary, huh? Well, hopefully. Now, let's talk about work. The standard work week is 40 hours a week, eight hours a day. If you find yourself working more hours than that, I hope you're getting paid for it. Working overtime, whether it's bleeding into your personal life after 5 p.m. or on the weekends, negatively affects our relationships with loved ones, can increase our stress and anxiety levels, and gives us less time to focus on ourselves, our personal goals, and our health, like preparing healthy meals, exercising, relaxing, and just enjoying much-needed life away from work. Unfortunately for many industries, businesses don't pay their employees the extra hours they worked. While they may have their reasons, the truth is that the organization doesn't truly value your time, or they don't see their ROI on your extra hours until a later time, which can be realized in the form of bonuses, promotions, more days off, and such. As you can see, there are pros and cons of putting in extra work hours. It could be an every now and then kind of a thing, depending on a certain project, client, deadline, or other demand. But if it's on the regular, your red flag radar should be going off. You should assess whether this demand of working longer hours is coming from a team lead, manager, boss, or it's just deeply embedded in the culture. The situation and relationship you have with the source of your overtime woes will help guide you to the right resolution. For example, if you're consistently working longer hours because of a team lead or manager, you should talk with that person directly about it. And if nothing changes and you don't see any improvement, it may be best to discuss this with someone from HR or that person's boss if you don't have an official HR department. If you're consistently working longer hours and so is everyone else in your company, this is definitely an issue with the organization. But I recommend expressing your concerns to HR regardless. That way, at least it's documented and the leadership can decide whether or not they want to change their demanding work culture. If it appears that others go to HR with the same concerns and nothing gets done about it, 
it may be best to look for a new job. Realistically, on average, we only get 16 to 17 hours a day if we sleep a healthy seven to eight hours a day. Already, one third of our day is spent sleeping. Ideally, one third of our day is spent working and the other third is spent personally on our own or with family and friends. A perfect balance, right? But that's not how it goes, does it? This is how our hours are typically allocated. Due to COVID-19, many of us are still working from home, but many of us have also returned to the office. So please note, work scenarios may vary. We spend one to two hours getting ready in the morning, showering, picking out our professional outfit for the day, fixing our hair and face, preparing and eating breakfast, brushing our teeth, gathering our things. Um, maybe we're helping our kids get ready for the day and we're walking our dogs in the mornings. We spend on average in the US about 30 minutes to commute to work. But for big metropolis cities, it can be one to two hours of commuting. So this entirely depends on where you live and where your home is relative to the office. If you're a parent, you might spend another 30 minutes dropping off your kids at school or daycare. We finally get to work and work for about four hours. Um, if we go out for lunch, we spend about an hour having lunch and commuting back and forth from a restaurant. We get back to work and work for another four hours. After work, we spend another 30 minutes or one to two hours commuting back home, likely sitting in traffic. Again, if you're a parent, you might spend another 30 minutes picking your kid up from a school or daycare. And once you're home, you have to worry about preparing dinner. Planning, prepping, and eating could be about one to two hours. Less hours are typically associated with convenience, quality of food, and people who are preparing meals just for themselves. More hours spent on dinner can be associated with home-cooked meals, better quality of food, and couples or families. Obviously, there are many factors that go into these hours, but the average length of time spent on work and juggling life is 13 to 14 hours a day, which is also about 80% of our day, leaving us only three to four hours of the, of the remaining 20% of our day to finally sit down and relax or do whatever we want to do. Now, imagine working longer hours in overtime. Imagine working 10 hours a day. Based off these averages, you'd only get one to two hours of personal time. That's only about 11% of the day that you can have all to yourself. As Americans, we've adjusted to this insane routine of work and life. But what if you did work for a company who demands more of your time all of the time? 
They aren't doing you any favors. This routine that only gives you one to two hours of personal time during the week is really harmful to our mental well-being. Our brains cannot properly relax and shut off from work. It's so important for our brains to rest. An author recently wrote the following excerpt about brain health in the New York Times. Brain idleness is not just a vacation, an indulgence, or a vice. It is as indispensable to the brain as vitamin D is to the body. And deprived of it, we suffer a mental affliction as disfiguring as rickets. The space and quiet that idleness provides is a necessary condition for standing back from life and seeing it whole, for making unexpected connections and waiting for the wild summer lightning strikes of inspiration. And it is paradoxically necessary to get to getting any work done. So taking frequent breaks in long periods of time away from work actually enhances our health, helps us think and do, turns knowledge into insight, helps us innovate, and improves our lives and career. If you're listening to this and thinking, yes, I work longer hours, but I have a few more hours of personal time than one to two hours that you've just explained. If that's the case, I recommend looking back at your routine and decisions. Do you sleep a healthy seven to eight hours a night? Do you eat a healthy breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Or is it fast food, frozen food, and junk food? Do you have a short commute to work? Consider yourself lucky, but also consider taking public transportation, carpooling, or biking to work to lower your carbon footprint of your environmental impact. Yes, you might have extra personal time after work than others, but you might be negatively affecting your health and well-being and our planets. Life happens during a regular work week. Most businesses are open during the day and on the days that you're working. It's almost impossible to tend to all your errands and personal calls during lunch, especially if you have a pet you need to feed or walk. You risk not eating during your lunch break or bringing a fast food lunch to your desk afterward, sacrificing your health. Maybe you're a parent and you need to pick up your kids from school in the afternoons. Perhaps an appliance at your house broke and you need to be home to be there for the service call. Maybe it's your friend's birthday and you forgot to get them something before the party. And maybe you're a parent and your daughter broke her arm at daycare. Regardless of the situation, we all have personal lives and we need to tend to them just as much as our work life. We need flexibility from our employers. 
flexibility of work hours, work location, you name it. Because life happens, and nowadays, work happens anywhere and everywhere. Work has traditionally been at the office, but thanks to technology and our connected world, work can be at home, at a coffee shop, a restaurant, on the road, in a hotel room, or on a damn beach. It literally has no boundaries. So it really shouldn't matter where people work as long as they're working. And if you only see an employee in the office for five hours a day, that doesn't automatically mean that they ditched work for the remaining hours of the day. Maybe they've been working early in the morning before even getting into work, and they continue to work from home after being in the office. Yes, people have their lives they need to take care of, which is why you might not see them as much, but many employees might prefer to work in an environment that isn't their office. There are typically four different work modes that one person experiences throughout the day. Heads down focus work, sharing work for presentations or critiques, collaborative teamwork when brainstorming or working together as a team, and socializing with coworkers. With these different work modes in mind, there's a chance that the workplace doesn't properly support how an employee likes to get work done. The office could be too loud for them. They don't like their desk or office setup. There's no variety in types of workspaces to pick from. There's too many distractions. They can't focus. There's no quiet room for them to move into and be heads down. They don't feel comfortable being at the office. It's uninspiring or dull, or it doesn't support their overall well-being. In the era of workplace today, flexibility and choice, workplace experience, wellness and health, space variety, and supportive technology and tools are high demand work needs. An organization's workplace, culture, and leadership should support these basic employee needs. When an organization supports, encourages, and designs for a better work-life balance, their employees will be much happier, they'll produce better work, and the company will attract and retain their employees significantly better. This concept of work-life balance should start with the organization's brand values and distill into their leadership's values and mindset, how managers work with employees, what is expected of employees overall, how everyone communicates with one another, HR policies and protocols, the workplace, and the right technology, hardware and software for remote individual and teamwork. Think about your work-life balance. 
in what ways are you sacrificing your health, well-being, and quality of life? Remember, we can't always achieve balance every day. Work-life balance is something to strive for every day, but there may be some days you need to spend more time and energy on work versus, versus your personal life and vice versa. Balance is achieved over time, not necessarily each day. Work-life balance is about constantly assessing your priorities. At times, your children or pets may need you, and other times, you may need to double down and get your deadlines done or travel for work. But having an employer that supports you and allows you to redirect and reassess your needs on any given day is key to optimal work-life balance and a healthier life. Your overall mental, emotional, physical, and social health and your loved ones should be your main concern. If you struggle with anxiety or depression and think that therapy would benefit you, fit those sessions into your schedule, even if you have to leave work early. If you're battling a chronic illness, don't be afraid to call in sick on rough days. Overworking yourself prevents you from getting better and causes you to take more days off from work in the future. Prioritizing your health first and foremost will make you a better employee and person. You'll miss less work, and when you are there or working, you will be happier and more productive besides living a healthier and longer life. And when you're not working, really unplug. Sometimes truly unplugging means taking vacation time and shutting work completely off for a while. Whether your vacation consists of a one-day staycation or two-week trip to Bali, it's important to take time off to physically and mentally recharge. According to a 2018 study conducted by the U.S. Travel Association, 52% of employees reported having unused vacation days left over at the end of the year. Employees are often worried that taking time off will disrupt the workflow and they will be met with a backlog of work when they return. This fear should not restrict you from taking a much needed break. The truth is that there is no nobility in not taking well-deserved time away from work. The benefits of taking a day off far outweigh the downsides. With proper planning, you can take time away without worrying about burdening your coworkers or battling a huge workload when you return. Set boundaries for yourself and your coworkers to avoid burnout. When you leave the office or clock out, avoid thinking about upcoming projects or answering company emails. Consider having a separate laptop or phone for work so you can shut it off or put it away when you clock out. Set specific work hours. So whether you work in the office or at home 
or another third place. It is important to determine when you'll work and when you'll stop working. Otherwise, you might find yourself answering emails all night long, even during weekends and vacations. Tell team members and your manager about the boundaries you selected that are specifically for personal time and hours. This will help to ensure that they understand and respect your workplace limits and expectations. Pay attention to when you are most productive during the day and block that time off for your most important work-related activities. Are you a morning person, an afternoon go-getter, or a night owl? Understand what works for you to be the most productive for your company. If we pay attention and prioritize work-life balance, we'll have better focus, higher engagement, better health and well-being, reduced stress, we'll feel more valued, and we'll have better time management overall. From an organizational standpoint, businesses will have higher attraction and retention rates, increased employee productivity, better business performance, better brand reputation, a competitive advantage, lowered absenteeism and healthcare costs, and a positive workplace culture that people want to be a part of. Work-life balance. Does it exist? Yes. Can you attain it? Yes. Are you in charge of your time and energy? Yes. Are there companies that support work-life balance? Yes. It's your health, your well-being, and your life. Pick a career and company that gets this and values you and your time. Well, thank you for listening to part two of the workplace series of Brave New Workforce. Next week, I'll be diving into our relationship with teammates and what the big secrets are behind high-performance teams. As mentioned previously, if you're interested in this podcast series focused on the workplace, you might also like Good Business Design's Workplace Quarterly, which is my business's quarterly magazine sharing insight into all things work, design, human, and business. You can subscribe to the magazine by visiting www.goodbusinessdesign.com forward slash subscribe. And just like that, we've reached the end of this recording. It is also the end of Labor Day, and I still need to edit this episode, but it's closing time for me. I need to prioritize my health right now. I've been on the computer way too long today. My eyes and head are starting to hurt, and it's time for me to get some sleep and have an early start to the workday tomorrow. I had a great day off from work today, hiking and relaxing during the day, and spending time on my hobbies like this podcast. 
I've exhausted myself writing this episode all day and recording it. So although I was shooting for a Monday release, you'll be hearing this after Labor Day. But that's okay. The content is still relevant. Join me next week, hopefully on a Monday, wink, wink, for part three of the series. As your host and an advocate for health and wellness, I'm hoping you're feeling inspired to make positive changes in your work and in life. And I'm wishing you a healthier and happier way to live.